So before we get started, there is a trigger warning for this episode as we are talking about eating disorders. So if you feel that you're struggling with your relationship with food and you're wanting to seek help, a great place to start is the Butterfly Foundation or with your doctor or an eating disorder specialized health professional. Hello and welcome to the Embody Health Podcast, where Kira and Meg, your dietitian BFFs. We're here to help you break free of diet culture, become besties with food, and find peace with your body. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Embody Health Podcast. You're here with your own body health dietitians, Kira and Meg, and today we're talking all things addressing food fears. Let's start with understanding what are food fears. So it's essentially where you have certain foods that cause you to feel a lot of fear or anxiety when you go to eat them. So this could be different, but it often tends to be foods that are maybe more energy dense or possibly higher in sugar. So things like pizza or chocolates or foods that people might deem as bad foods or unhealthy foods. Um, In some cases, this can be completely debilitating. So it might affect your ability to go to a restaurant or eat a meal with friends and family, or um, even in some cases cause panic attacks. When we focus on improving our relationship with food and recovering from eating disorders or disordered eating, one of the most important parts of this process is to challenge ourselves with food fears. So this is often most uncomfortable at at first, but over time, our thoughts and feelings start to shift and our experience with these foods becomes a more positive experience. But in order to do that, we do have to challenge them. So in this episode, we're going to be walking you through some of the steps to do that. And remembering that this is not a one-size-fits-all approach anyway. You know, these are things that we do with our clients and work with some people, but they don't work with other people as well. So just remember to take um, parts of this episode and, you know, you can apply them to your life if you like. Um, But of course, if you need the help of a dietitian or psychologist, it's important to reach out to those health professionals as well. So firstly, the most important thing I would say is honestly to actually address and identify what that food fear actually is. And when we're trying to identify that food fear, sometimes it's actually more difficult at first because we get used to eating the same sort of things. We buy the same things from the shops every week. um, We eat the same things at home. And so we just get used to eating our so-called safe foods. And so when we're kind of thinking, oh, food fears, like, you know, How do we actually understand what our food fears are? So I'm going to give you a couple of tips that I use to help clients um, address and identify their food fears or food rules that they have. So one of the most helpful ways is to actually just go shopping. So take your phone or a pen and paper, walk through the supermarket and have a look at the different foods that are on the shelves. Now, when you look at the foods on the shelves, I want you to think about how you'd feel if you ate that food. So, for example, it might be, you know, walking down the muesli bar section, you know, how would you feel, you know, eating a muesli bar? Do you feel completely okay and fine with eating a muesli bar? Or does that kind of make you feel a little bit uncomfortable or anxious? Um, And I want you to write down any sort of foods um, that make you feel that little bit of anxiety or uncomfortable nature. Um, Now, you know, that might be a really long list for some people. That might be a short list for others. Generally, I would say to start off with, you know, kind of get a list of one to 10. It doesn't have to be super extensive. 
Another way to identify some of your food fears is even when you're going out to um, dinner or lunch or breakfast with friends or family members, um, you know, you might order whatever you want, um, but I want you to notice what other people are ordering and how you would feel if you ate that food. So say, for example, your friend ate a bowl of carbonara pasta um, or like ordered that. I want you to think, okay, if I ate that carbonara pasta, how does that make me feel? Do I feel, again, fine with it? Or do I feel sort of any sort of anxiety or stress around eating that? Um, again, you know, you might not be able to go out to, um, to eat with friends or family. Um, you just might not be at that level yet. Um, and that's okay. But I want you to think about, okay, if maybe potentially you're just walking down the street and there's different restaurants. Um, and maybe, you know, you're just walking past someone eating a bowl of nachos on a table at a Mexican restaurant. Again, just kind of observing other people and what sort of things they eat and kind of asking yourself again, you know, does that spark any sort of anxiety or fear around that? So I want to um, start off by doing a little exercise with you all. Um, and I want to give you the example of eating pizza. So if you can start by closing your eyes, unless, of course, you are driving or walking or running or doing some sort of movement that in involves you, you know, moving around. Um, just take a moment to close your eyes. OK, they're closed. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, so you've just sat down at your local pizza restaurant. It's a busy night. You got there with your friends and the waiter comes around and he says, hey, guess what? We're having a super special tonight and all of our pizza is completely free. And a couple of minutes later, before you'd even looked at the menu, seen what you were going to order, a pizza has arrived at your table with, you know, um, you know, you don't even know what it actually is. It might be a vegan pizza. It might be a mac and, uh, not mac and cheese pizza, uh, um, you know, Hawaiian pizza. And your friend is really excited. She loves pizza um, and she starts eating some. You go grab, take a slice and she asks you, are you going to eat any? Now, I want you to take a moment to pause. I want you to think about what are the thoughts that are coming to your head when you're about to eat that slice of pizza? You know, maybe you're feeling overwhelmed or anxious about the thought of eating pizza. Maybe you're thinking that's insanely delicious, but I'd never let myself eat that or pizza's a bad food. As the first step to this exercise, I want you to start to write down any sort of unhelpful thoughts that you're experiencing currently when you're thinking about eating that pizza. You can open your eyes now. So the next part of addressing our food fears is really trying to think about where that thought came from. So a lot of the time, unhelpful thoughts can be the result of something that we picked up throughout our life. They can be your mum telling you when you're young that don't eat pizza, it's a bad food, or a family, uh, another family member saying something about a specific food, or even just an offhanded comment from a colleague in the office. Um, you know, it, it can just be these small little comments like, you know, pizza's a carb, or, you know, carbs are poison, and they can stick in our head. Um, often, though, a lot of these times, these thoughts don't have any sort of scientific or evidence-based basis, but we just keep on labeling that food in that way and they can start to trigger a lot of anxiety and, and stress when we think about eating them. So now Meg's going to take on to the next step. Okay, so Kia's walked you through how to identify these thoughts and then how to start understanding where they've come from. 
The next step is reframing and challenging these thoughts. So essentially, you know, we're going to be understanding like why we think like this and then finding a way to challenge it and reframe it in a way that feels true for us so that we can start to replace that unhelpful narrative with a more positive one. So I'm going to walk you through a few different examples. The first one, that is too many carbohydrates in the crust and I will gain weight. Um, A common one that we've heard from clients, you know, it could be a pizza crust or it could be any kind of, you know, energy, energy dense food really, but we want to challenge this. Why do we think the crust has too many carbohydrates? What is too many carbohydrates? Is there a specific gram value that you're working with? Who told us that? You know, where did the information come from? Um, And a reframe to make this into a bit more of a positive or helpful thought would be carbohydrates are my body's preferable source of energy. And we know this for a fact, they're the preferred source of energy for the brain and for our muscles. The carbohydrates in the crust provide healthy energy for me to get through my day so I can feel energized and present in my life. So it does have to be something that feels true and resonates with you, but we can say that that is factually correct. Um, And so hopefully that's an example of something that you can use to help reframe. Okay. Oh, yeah. Did you want to pipe in? I was going to pipe in. Yeah. um, Just as a point, it's important to, I guess, address the fact that we might not necessarily believe that reframe Mm -hmm. as well. Um, especially if it's something like that, like, you know, if you've told, you've been told carbohydrates are bad your whole life and now your dietitian is telling you that carbohydrates are good. They're a great energy source. And it's important to understand that. Yes, you might not feel like that's completely true, but it's still important to do this. Even if you don't have, you know, even if you don't feel that way, because if we look at currently, if you've always got those negative thoughts towards carbohydrates, you're just going to be continuously listening to that negative thought cycle. And so we want to at least kind of bring something in that's different and a different way of looking at it. And as much as you might not believe it at first, over time, having that other thought pathway there, we do start to retrain our brain and kind of believe a different alternative thought pathway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I think in that case where you're finding it really hard to believe it you can't necessarily just take it at face value you could perhaps link that reframe with your core values so i need for example you know i need to include carbohydrates in my diet so that i can enjoy food socially Um, and then maybe that feels true for you and that's a little bit more helpful all right so another example cheese or insert other dairy food isn't healthy and will make me tired and lethargic Okay, so we're going to challenge that thought with, do I know that as a fact? Have I had repeated experiences of being tired and lethargic that I can associate directly with dairy? Or perhaps am I internalizing something that I saw on social media or something a friend said and in believing it to be true, you know, when I'm feeling tired and lethargic, I say, oh, must have been the dairy. So I want to reframe Provided you don't have a genuine intolerance or allergy to dairy, you know, there are many reasons that I can feel tired and lethargic. Maybe you didn't have enough sleep. Maybe you did a really big workout. Maybe you've had a busy work week. Um, You know, one food is very likely not a single cause of being tired or lethargic. And then 
you know, when it comes to cheese itself, cheese is nourishing because it contains satiating facts. Um, it can satisfy you both physically and psychologically. And it increases the satisfaction of the pizza because it tastes good. And these are all things that add to your health. All right, we've got one more example. So there are too many calories in the pizza. And I think this would be a really common one. You can replace pizza with so many different types of foods for the thoughts that someone might have. Let's challenge it with what is too many calories and where did I learn that? Are you trying to follow a specific calorie amount based on something you saw on social media or some kind of external factor? Where did I learn that? What makes that true? And we want to reframe with my mind is not the expert on how many calories my body needs. I'm learning to trust my body instead because it is the expert. Essentially, when we eat intuitively and we're listening to our hunger and fullness cues, of course, provided that you're not in eating disorder recovery for something like anorexia, that's a little bit of a different story. But for most of us, if we're eating intuitively, our body will just maintain its natural set point weight happily and it will give us cues that will help us to do that without us relying on external factors for that. Anything you want to add, Kia? No, I think you've pretty much covered it. We can go on to the next point, which is all about making that plan. Okay, so now we've done identifying, challenging, and reframing. We want to do an experiment. So let's continue with pizza for the example. We will need to pick a time and place to eat the pizza. And perhaps you know that it will be quite an anxious experience for you and maybe it would be helpful to do it at home first compared to in a restaurant. And it could be helpful to have a friend or family member there as a support person throughout that process. Uh, And essentially with the experiment, so you'll be thinking about, um, you know, those thoughts and fears before eating the pizza, practicing those reframes, and then considering how you feel while eating the pizza and afterwards. And it can be really helpful to write down and journal to reflect, or if that doesn't suit you, perhaps talking about it with your support person, um, just to understand your thoughts and feelings. Because essentially the only way that we can reduce our fear around that food beyond just doing the challenging and reframing is to actually eat it and reduce that sense of anxiety that comes with it. And by avoiding it, we can't reduce, really reduce the anxiety. We have to eat it and prove to ourselves that nothing bad happens. The world doesn't implode. We don't have any drastic body changes or anything like that. It's just some pizza, you know, on a Tuesday with a friend. (laughs) And I think the important thing to note as well is you can't just do it once. Mm -hmm. You have to do it multiple times and again and again and again. But often... These things are more difficult at first and they become easier as time goes on. When choosing what you're going to eat in terms of like, you know, what food to even start with. One thing I recommend is kind of going back to that initial list that I talked about of, you know, going to the shops and writing down everything that you're eating. Oh, sorry, not writing down everything that you're eating, writing down all the things that cause you anxiety when you go to the shops. And you can rate that the foods on that list from one to 10. So one being, you know, foods that there's a little bit of uncomfortableness there. You do feel a little bit of discomfort if you thought about eating them, but not huge, huge amounts. And 10 being like, oh, no, that's a major trigger food for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And starting off with the ones that are labeled one and then kind of building up from there. 
often you start with them and then you know you've got to expose yourself to them quite a quite a number of times but then you get on a roll and then it's just breaking one rule after the next rule after the next rule yeah absolutely and um it is important for us to chat a little bit about coping strategies for the anxiety that you might experience when you're doing these experiments and so we've got a few different suggestions so let's say you're alone and you're doing this experiment by yourself perhaps you could even call a support person during or after eating if they know that you're doing this want to keep repeating those healthy reframes from step two that we talked about remembering and thinking about your values is also really important so we always want to come back to why why is it important for me to challenge food fears and essentially, if you keep doing the same thing, you'll keep having the same result, which is that it affects your quality of life. Maybe you can't go out and enjoy meals with friends. And we want to change that. So that's going to take action. Um, a few other suggestions. You could take a stroll around the, the block, just a gentle walk to help release maybe any physical feelings of tension that you might have. Um, you could do some deep breathing. We know that by doing deep breathing, we can help shift our body into a more rested state. So it's a good way to kind of hack um, the brain and the body. Journaling your thoughts and feelings we talked about, listening to your favorite music or even doing some gentle yoga or stretching. And this is, any of these are gonna depend on what works for you and perhaps anything that you've tried in the past that's helped you to reduce feelings of anxiety. And an important point, it's always important during this process, well, I would say it's always important to work with a dietitian or mm -hmm. a psychologist or dietitian and psychologist that can help provide that additional level of support for you while you're going through this. Um, so if you don't have one, you know, it could be an opportunity to think about, okay, maybe I do need a little bit of additional help here and to reach out to some health professionals to kind of build your support team. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So in summary, we want to kind of just go back through because we've talked about a lot of things this episode about how to address food fears. So first thing is identifying that food rule or food fear. We talked about doing shopping, um, you know, or going out to eat. Um, the next thing is having a think about where that uh, thought actually came from um, and writing down any of those thoughts as well um, of, uh, uh, you know, what sort of thought processes we are having around that food. The next thing is to reframe and challenge. So with that unhelpful thought, kind of giving it a challenge, you know, what's something else that we can say? Um, you know, you know, can we think the opposite is true? Um, and then reframe with something that's actually evidence based and that we know about the body. Um, and also remembering that we may want to kind of attach that with our values as well. Things like, you know, uh, having social relationships with people. And then lastly, we want to make a bit of a plan to conduct that experiment. So, you know, setting a time on a date um, that we want to eat that food at, you know, potentially asking a friend or family member to support us during that process um, and making sure that we have other coping strategies there um, if that is starting to bring um, a bit of anxiety or um, stress up as well. Well, I hope you've all enjoyed another episode of the Embody Health podcast. Uh, don't forget to leave us a rating or review if the, you love the podcast and join us on the community on Facebook and Instagram at Embody Health. We can't wait to see you next episode. Thanks, guys. Bye.